Well, good afternoon, everyone. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Appreciate you coming along today as we begin a brand new series, a little mini-series. Not going to spend too long on it. Maybe, um, I think I got about three or four days to go on this series. But it's going to be an uplift, especially because of the times we're living in, the things we're going through. We're going to talk today and next week on how to keep on keeping on. Something we need to do, isn't it? How do you keep on keeping on? Well, you know, we all need a boost once in a while, don't we? If you think about it, in sports, the players need a boost. So they have a coach. And the coach says, get out there, man, encourages them, gives them things to do. People that want to get in shape and exercise, many of them have a, a physical trainer. And that physical trainer encourages them and keeps them moving. You ever see a boxing match? You had guys in the corner. Like, Come on, get in there. You can do it. Take this guy out. Knock this guy out, right? All kinds of people need encouragement. And in the most important event of life, we need encouragement. And you know what that important event of life is? It's the spiritual walk that we're all involved in. We're all walking this walk. And you know where the walk is going. It's going toward Christ-likeness. That's where we're going. So I hope that this new mini-series will give you a boost and help you to keep on keeping on. Today we're going to begin with something that may sound a little weird or contradictory when you think about keeping on or going forward. And we're going to talk about something that I know I don't like to do. Maybe you don't like to do. But sometimes you just have to wait. Right? Sometimes you just have to wait. And we're going to take a look at three men in the Bible who God used greatly. But the first thing they had to do is what most of us don't like to do. Wait. Wait, I don't like to wait. I don't like to. You know what I don't like? Lines. A lot of lines today, huh? You go to a store and they only let in so many. I walked away from a few of those. Lines going down the sidewalk. I'm like, I'm out of here. So let's talk about these guys. We have Moses. Now Moses was actually going to receive the Ten Commandments from God. Ten Commandments, they were good. I'm going to see why today. Moses was also going to deliver the people. He had a great responsibility. So what a blessing for them to have rules of life to order their lives. That's why God gave them these Ten Commandments, to enable them to have a healthy, decent society in the Promised Land. Moses is going to, here it comes, meet God and receive the commandments from him. And he was also going to be God's spokesman and deliver the commandments to the people. Okay? Big responsibility, right? So we pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 9. Moses said, 
When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant, which the Lord God had made with you, then I remained on the mountain forty days and nights, and I neither ate bread nor drank water. And the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, are written by the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken at the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. And it came about at the end of forty days and nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Now I'm sure it didn't take God a month and ten days to produce the tablets, right? So what was Moses doing up there for all that time? I can only think of one thing. Are you ready? Soul preparation. Soul preparation. See, before God uses someone to a great degree, they must be prepared. And this preparation involves waiting. Wait, you know, waiting is soul preparation. We're going to see how that works today, okay? Waiting is soul preparation. The next man I want to look at is Elijah. Now, Elijah, he also had to wait on God. So, let me set the scene. Now, you know Elijah. He was the Old Testament prophet. And he just had an awesome victory over the false prophets of Baal. Many of you, I'm sure, are very familiar with that great event where they had a uh, kind of a contest, right? Whose God is real? And they took a, a, a pots of an ox, laid them on the altar, put wood all around. The prophets of Baal, oh, they danced around all day long, calling on their gods. Nothing happened. No action. Nobody showed up. Then it was Elijah's turn. He said, put some water on mine. They put some water on it. He said, ah, put some more water on it. They put some more water on it. He said, put some more water. They put some more water on it. Then he prayed to God. God, send down fire. <laughs> that was it. Sent down the fire. Consumed the offering. It was over. And then Elijah went about killing all those prophets. Like, wow. And so that was the account. That was the event that day. But you know, sometimes we celebrate a victory and then we let our God down. We relax too much. And that's what Elijah did. Elijah, when he let his God down, he forgot that God was with him. He forgot. We do that sometimes. When's the last time you forgot that God is with you? We're going through the pandemic. Any of God's people forgetting that God is with them? So what happened, Jezebel, she sent a note. She's like the queen. She sent a note by a messenger telling Elijah 
that if she caught him, oh man, he would be like one of those prophets, dead. And you know what Elijah did? He became afraid. And he ran for his life. He actually ran for three days in fear of his life. Then he finally fell down and he went to sleep. He was exhausted. But God is faithful. An angel appeared and prepared for him some food. And we pick him up in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 5. He lay down and slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, Wake up! Arise! Eat! And then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he laid down again, went back to sleep. He was really tired. The angel of the Lord came again, second time. He touched him again. Wake up, arise, eat. The journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and he drank. And you know what the Bible says? He went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Man, that was some good food. That's high-protein food from heaven. Was it manna? I don't know. Was it angel food cake? I don't know. But he went 40 days and 40 nights on a journey to Horeb. Again, one month and 10 days without eating. And at the same time, like Moses, waiting for God. Both of them were waiting for God. We often think waiting is awful. I know I do. I don't like to wait. And yet here we have two men. They're not only waiting, but they're waiting without eating. I'm like, what? They're they're just waiting. It's tough enough to wait, but waiting on an empty stomach? That's like impossible. Unless you're waiting on God. I mean, I'd want a bag of trail mix, some nuts, some raisins, something, popcorn, something to keep me going, something to keep me busy. Sometimes we eat because we want to be busy doing something, so we want to eat. Moses and Elijah, they had great things to do for God. But you know what they had to do first? Wait. Soul preparation. Moses ran for his life because he killed an Egyptian. Elijah ran for his life because he killed 450 false prophets. But God wanted them to keep on keeping on. This required them to wait on him. Soul preparation. You know, it's easy to feel defeated, discouraged, like you don't know what to do. What's my next move? I don't know. Well, this is why we need to keep on keeping on. Here's the key to the Christian life, folks. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep moving. One foot in front of the other. Keep moving. What's that song? Don't stop believing. Who who sang that? Journey? Don't stop believing. Keep believing and keep moving. Keep on keeping on. 
There's no shortcut to the life of faith. There's none. God has a purpose in everything he does. He withdraws his child to the highest attitude of fellowship. The highest altitude. Why? So you can hear God. Moses was face to face with God. Elijah was alone with God. All preparation for the service of God. I want to look at one more man who grew through waiting on God. And you might have heard this name before. Paul the Apostle. In Galatians chapter uh, chapter 1, Paul recorded the call of God on his life. He said, But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, he was pleased. Tuck that little phrase away. He was pleased. That was the call. Now we have the instruction. After Paul was called, he was instructed. Verse 16. God said, To reveal his Son in me, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Then he said, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. In other words, I didn't go tell people. I didn't go say, hey, God called me. What do you think about this? But you know what he did instead after the call? He waited. He said, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, But, oh, I went to Arabia. And then I returned once more to Damascus. Paul disappeared for three years. Why? Because he was one-on-one with God. The greater the job, the greater the preparation required. Remember that. Sometimes God is preparing us, but we don't recognize that he's preparing us. And part of that preparation, here it comes, is waiting. Then we have the payoff in verse 18. Paul said, three years later, I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas. And I stayed with him 15 days. Now remember in the beginning, we said that when God called him, God was pleased God was pleased to put his calling upon Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus? That guy? Man, he's the enemy of the church. He's persecuting Christians. What are you doing, God? God was pleased to call him. See, God knew what he was doing. Did you know God always knows what he's doing? So Paul said, when God who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me through his grace, that's the grace of God, he was pleased. Pleased about what? To reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. God wanted Paul to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. When God calls somebody, do you think he sees something in them that he can use? I would say, why not? 
You think he saw something in Saul of Tarsus? I would say, why not? Saul was zealous. Maybe he he used that zealousness the wrong way, but he was zealous. Didn't Jesus say, I'd rather have you be hot or cold than lukewarm? Oh, Saul of Tarsus, he wasn't lukewarm. He was cold. And God fired him up, made him hot. He wanted him to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. And then God wanted Paul to take that knowledge and spread it, oh, throughout Europe. But first, people had to go out and God had to come in. People had to go out and God had to come in. That's why Paul said, I didn't go to Jerusalem. I didn't even go to the apostles. I knew they were God's men. I didn't go to them. I went away to Arabia. I went to be alone with God. And then I returned once more to Damascus. Remember when Paul said, I received from the Lord the the knowledge and the insight about the Lord's table? Where do you think he got that? I think he got it in Arabia. He had many sessions with God in Arabia. And he was educated by God himself. And he had to wait. See, he had to wait three years in Arabia before he could be used by God. He had to be prepared. Jerusalem was filled with people, even Christians. But Paul knew, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. I need to go and wait on God. Why did God isolate Paul before he sent him out? Here's what I think. To get him to change his old ways and his old thoughts. Paul needed to become a brand new creation. Oh yeah, he had to unlearn a lot of stuff and learn some new stuff. And isn't it, isn't that what we do? Don't we have to unlearn our old ways and learn new ways? He was a persecutor of the church. And, and, and he thought like one. <laughs> he thought like a persecutor. So we've got three great men that were called by God. Moses, Elijah, and Paul. And they were all isolated by God. And they were taught by God. And then they were sent by God. Now, you can put your name in there. You know, once you're saved, you're called. Yeah, you become called at the moment of your salvation. You know what the Bible calls us? The Bible, God doesn't call us Christians. You know what he calls us? The called. We're the called. That's what God really calls us. The called. It means that there's a calling on our lives. And so, in order for that calling to become a reality, we have to be prepared. And sometimes God isolates us to prepare us. Let me ask you, have you been isolated? Are you isolated right now? Hey, we're in this pandemic, right? We're all socially distanced is the term, right? We're isolated. Are you in the midst of nothingness? You know what you can do with this time? Draw close to God.
Oh, yeah. Draw close to God. Let this be your Arabia. Let it be your Mount Horeb. Let it be your Mount Sinai. Let it be the place where you spend time with God. I always say, never waste a crisis. It's something good that we can get out of this. See, you are in a period of waiting on God. Draw close to God. Grow in God. Let God teach you. Maybe you've got more time on your hands now. Spend it with God. Your heart says, Oh, I need to be filled by God. Maybe maybe your mind says, I need to get busy. I'm bored. God says, wait on me. Learn of me. I'm preparing you for the next thing that I have for you. Let God... You know, if you don't let God prepare you for what's next, there's not going to be what, what's next. It's not going to be it. You're going to continue on with your old boring life. Let God prepare you. You may say, I want to go now. God says, no, I want to wait. I want to strengthen you. Let's take some of the wisdom of Isaiah. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Oh, they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk, not become worthy, weary. <laughs> worthy, wow, yeah, weary. Are you weary today? You need to get away from the hustle and the bustle. You need to stop worrying. How about this? You need to get away, oh, I like this one. You need to get away from your own thoughts. That's what Moses and Elijah and Paul had to do. They had to get away from their own thoughts so they could be filled with God's thoughts. They had to unlearn their old ways and they had to learn new ways. This is what will allow you to keep on keeping on. Do you want to do that? You want to keep on keeping on or do you want to get stuck in the rut? You don't want to be stuck in the rut. The Christian life is about going forward. Onward ho! Wagon train. Remember the wagon train going across the country? Wagons ho! Let's keep moving. Had a head to the West Coast. We're going to keep moving. Get ahead toward Christ-likeness. That's what we're doing. But sometimes you got to wait and meet God. Let God prepare you for what's next. Spend some time alone with God. Hey, guess what we are starting Sunday right here? You know, there's a lot, a lot of churches, they're doing a phenomenal job of streaming all their services, and it's really good. You know, they're, they're online through Facebook and YouTube and getting the word out there and the congregations being fed. But you know what we're going to start this Sunday? Children's Church online. We don't want to skip the children. 
We're not going to forget about them. So, and the New Hope Christian Church website on Facebook and YouTube at 9.15, we're going to have Children's Church. And we're going to have Miss Kathy, a Sunday school director, bring the lesson. It doesn't matter if you're in New Hope or not. If you want your children to get a Sunday school lesson and they're not getting anything, tune in. 9.15, go to newhopecc.tv. You can click either Facebook or YouTube. It's where our adult service is. And uh, we're going to have a Sunday school lesson for you. She's doing a great job preparing all the materials. We even we even sent out, for those that we know in our church, we sent out the lesson through email, so they already have it. And if you want to join Children's Church and you want us to send you an email, well, call us, give us your email, and we'll send you the children's lesson. And then tune in, 9.15. Actually, you know, we're going to go live about 9.13. And then 9.15, the lesson will begin. Because we don't want to leave out the kids. No, I mean, adults are getting it, and that's great. And maybe your church is doing kids too. That's beautiful. Very happy. But we're going to start this Sunday with Children's Church. It's called the Kids Marina. And uh, I'm going to bring them a lesson from 9.15 to about 9.35, 9.40. It'll be about 20, 25-minute lesson. And then at 10 o'clock, of course, we stream our adult church as well, on the same website, New Hope Christian Church, Facebook, and YouTube. So that's what's happening. Get the little kitties around your tablet, your computer, whatever you use, 9.15 every Sunday, so they can be brought also into the presence of God. Don't want to leave them out by any means, right? We don't want to leave them out. So don't forget, we're also streaming on WARV Live Sunday at 10 o'clock, 1590 AM, 92.7 FM, live service from New Hope on the radio and on Facebook and YouTube. And don't forget, we're on WARV Saturday at 3. Happy to be there, seven days a week. What a blessing. What a privilege to be with WARV seven days a week. We're so thankful and they're grateful, and for all of you that pray for us and support us financially to help us to be on the air as well. So don't forget, join us at 10, but really join us at 9.15 so the kids can have their Sunday school lesson as well. So important to keep the kids keeping on with the Word of God. All right? Hey, thank you for coming along. Have a great weekend. Stay safe, and we will see you next week.